0: A radio show that confesses Christ. Without
1: confusing the law and the gospel. A radio show that takes scripture seriously. Without taking ourselves so seriously. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
0: To see see the face of God is to be destroyed. So God now veils himself. In in the flesh and blood of Jesus. And he uses that those means, namely his flesh and his blood, his life and his his death. He
2: uses those means to save us. And when we were baptized at the font with God's name placed upon us in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, with the sign of the cross being placed upon our forehead and our hearts marking as ones redeemed, we were adopted as sons of God.
0: Uh, I think. Oh, huh? 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 <laughs> oh. Oh. Are we doing the show now? Is the theme over? <laughs> I like that. How I fall asleep during that theme. God bless you. Cuz it's so boring. Hey, what's that?
3: God bless you. Did
0: you make a Did you make a Joel Osteen soundboard? Uh. <laughs> You don't have a you yes to. You talk like
3: that and Almighty God will show up.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's what I'm hoping for. Joel, Get rid in my of preaching. You know, we had we had so many complaints that uh your Texas accent was so bad. Uh we had uh, uh Baptist Greg. He did Baptist Greg from the Woodlands, Texas made us a Joel Osteen soundboard. Uh so uh <laughs> It's pretty
0: bad. Yeah, I think uh, it's amazing to me that I have such a bad Texas accent since I'm actually from Texas. <laughs> that is funny. Uh, Do you know?
3: I really feel bad that I don't measure up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not perfect.
0: <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I can see where good. this show's going.
2: Yes. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> the, the exciting thing is what he did is he took our interview that we did with your miserable Texas accent, and he inserted... Um, he took my questions and inserted, inserted these uh, responses for the interview. So I will play that at the end of the show. Uh, stay tuned past the theme music and you can hear that, uh, if you can make it that long. Uh, but, uh, aside from, uh, Joel Osteen's sound bites, we also have, uh, some email buzzwords. Name that theologian. I got a good one for you today, Pastor. And also, uh, bumper sticker and church sign theology. So that's the Table Doc Radio line up you no one would blame you if you didn't tune in for this one
0: Hello Hey I'm back
3: Who are you
0: I lost you for a while <laughs> Oh did you just did you put me on a executive session I couldn't hear you for a minute there No that was a blessing in disguise though <laughs> <laughs> all right what are we doing today
2: uh i just i always, I always, I I always I ex- have to hear you run down the show i think i explained that when you're in an executive session uh <laughs> email since uh, the listeners know but i'll tell you the co-host what we're doing today okay uh email you. buzzwords name that theologian and this is where i said i had a good one for you today and then uh bumper sticker theology and church sign theology so that's it did i lose you again oh, okay no oh, okay. no nope, nope, i'm here i'm paying attention
3: no, God doesn't just okay. use people that have it all together.
2: <laughs> That's a good thing for you. Good. Okay, I'm going to close that thing That's or else good. I'm going to be using it the whole show. Okay, uh, email. I've got an email uh, to, that was just sent to me this morning that I'll read to you. You, If you want to grab Rubens, if you want to read that one. Oh yeah, uh, sure. But Steve, uh, Steve doesn't say where he's from. Steve, Steve says... Um, Pastor Wolfmother mentioned that "Lo, how a rose or blue bloometh" is not in TLH. Actually, it is. It goes by another name, though—a great and mighty wonder. So there you oh. they okay. apparently don't sing that him at Faith or at uh, Hope Lutheran Church in Aurora, Colorado. Uh, we, we, yeah, we do sing <laughs> a great and mighty wonder. You just didn't know it, huh? I didn't know it. All right. Though I do agree with him on this. Next time, pick a choir whose words we can actually understand. You might have to add that qualification to the praise song cruncher under the mystical heading. Can I actually understand the words? Some of the most mystical stuff out there, uh, deliberately emphasizes the vowels so that one cannot understand the words. Come on. Please pick a choir that can act, that can (laughs) articulate the words. Oh, it's nice way to act out the word there. <laughs> yeah, I'm just helping out. Uh, if Brian won't rant about this one, I'll set up the plate. Mm. Step okay. up to the plate. I don't know why he can't read today. Uh, so he says, "Happy New Year!" Uh, as you strive for another year of uh, of meteorocity. So, thank you, Steve. Yeah. All right. Appreciate that. Uh, do we have Appreciate people
0: coming to my aid? I got another one coming to my aid. I got Reuben, the official Calvinist blogger of Table Talk Radio. Uh, hey there, Table Talker. She says, just listen to show number 180 in my duties as official Calvinist blogger. That's, we abbreviate OCB. Uh, <laughs> not, not to be, uh, confused with OCD. <laughs> I felt compelled to let you know that you dropped the ball and failed to highlight a very significant antithesis in that show. On the one hand, you've got Dr. Pless speaking as an anti denominational Christian. Yes, that's my term. You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you, apparently. Apparently. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> about how important it is for the baby Jesus to be born in the manger of your heart. On the other hand, you've got Jonathan, uh, sorry, Johann Gerhardt, uh, in sort, big righorn here. <whistles> Christmas hymn, O Jesus Christ, thy manger is my paradise at which my soul reclineth. Which uh, So which makes more sense for Jesus to rest in us or for us to rest in Jesus? Marvelous point, Reuben. Uh, on your way to Lutheranism. I've also been meaning to solve a couple of your other problems lately. So many problems, I don't have as much time on my hands as you seem to think we Calvinist bloggers have too much of. First off, the theme song. Brian is correct. You need a new one. Every time I hear that clapping start-up, my mind is assaulted with a vision of a coarse line of sweater-vested Lutherans stepping side to side and doing the white man's overbite. And that guitar riff, So Hot, reminds me of the theme song for, what is it, oh yeah, every local evening newscast ever. Thank you, Ruben. Appreciate that. Bride's instinct is correct. You need a new theme song with some actual funk. Check out my boys over here. Another podcast to my service official Calvinist blogger. This is, I I thought we were the only ones. (laughs) I feel kind of, uh, I don't know the emotion going through my head right now. Um, uh, you know, like we've been stepped out on. Ruben is the official Calvinist blogger for other radio shows. Mm. And this one, he says, turn off after the intro music. They're Not only they are not Lutheran, they're not even Calvinists. They're anti-denominational. However, before Coyote the Mystic Annoyer, that's me, gets puffed up and <laughs> thinks he's a wolf, I do have to side with Giggles the Radio Clown when it comes to Facebook. The fact that you're compelled to sign up just to look at stuff, the tyranny of a friend request, etc., it's all coercive. Just a sin can twist God's good creation to all evil ends, the devil has taken blogging and turned it into Facebook. Beyond that, the (laughs) friend face clip from a couple of casts ago said it all. That's all for now. Keep up the uh, shooting for the good work. Thanks, Ruben. Ruben. Uh, I will respond to the theme
2: uh, song because I think that has been settled by the voice of our listeners. So uh, that's gone. Have you ever gone your whole life without hearing a phrase and all of a sudden just hear it like twice in a row? I have never before heard the term white man's overbite until I heard it on the God Whispers, Craig Donofria, when they were playing their music. And then, uh, Ruben sends it in and talks about the, and you know, I didn't even have to click on the link because I just intuitively knew (laughs) what the white man's overbite was. I just had never heard that phrase before.
0: I don't still know what it is. (laughs) I bet it's funny though. I bet one day when I learn what it is, I'll laugh. (laughs) Well, didn't he send us a link to what that is?
2: Well, it's a YouTube video, so don't play it. (laughs) We'll do that during the commercial break. All right, we need to do some buzzwords. My theological buzzword for you, Pastor Wolfmuller, is epiphany. And uh, epiphany uh, means uh, to appear, to reveal, uh, manifest. Uh, And so we now, after the Christmas season, head right on into the season of epiphany, which we uh, have God revealed to us in the person of Jesus. Uh, So typically the... Um first gospel text of epiphany is the baptism of our lord where
0: where jesus uh, enters his public ministry. Um, what are you talking about wait a, minute, wait a minute wait a minute. The first gospel text of epiphany is the appearance of the magi. Okay, okay, okay. So, right. And then the baptism of our lord. And then the baptism of our lord.
2: Thank you for that correction. You should be a calvinist blogger, man, alive. <laughs> All right. So for the first uh, gospel text of Epiphany is the the appearance of the of the Magi, and then the baptism of our Lord, uh, entering the public ministry. But revealed is is uh, uh, or appeared uh, is the meaning of Epiphany, and Epiphany is your
0: theological buzzword. Got it. Your theological buzz, buzzword is decalogue. Decalogue. Now that means log comes from hey, this is a, a Greek derived word. Um, so a deca ten log is mean word or thing or that uh so decalogue is the 10 words or the 10 commandments yeah okay. very good so.
2: all right uh let's see how much time we have uh about 43 seconds anything you want to say
0: in 43 seconds um no we i can read another email oh oh yeah i got this email um <laughs> from sean from fort wayne uh marvelous it says did you see this one Hey, Pastor, I was just listening to to some of your marvelous sermons on iTunes and some of your marvelous episodes of Table Talk Radio, also on iTunes, and I came to a marvelous revelation. You say marvelous a lot. So I took it upon myself to look up synonyms to marvelous for you to (laughs) supplement in the future, just to change it up. Amazing, impressive, remarkable, magnificent, superb, stunning, outstanding, excellent, spectacular, awe-inspiring, splendid, great, brilliant, wonderful, fantastic, fabulous, groovy, and cool. I will be using these marvelous adjectives. Uh, in the remaining of our show Thanks for that email, Sean Sean, are you kidding? There's all kinds of words he uses Repet-
2: Look up synonyms for et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Synonyms for uh, Let's see, what else do you say all the time Whatever happened to awesome. our Whatever happened to our Table Talk Radio bingo card That we were going to make uh, so that I don't know, i got to build that Because I'm going to go up to Fort Wayne for the
0: symposium here pretty soon and-
2: Yeah, yeah, but this one was for our show So when people were listening and we, they heard the words that we say all the time They could mark it and then get five in a row guess, you know, give our listeners something to do during our show. The problem All right. with
0: that game is you have to listen. Yes, that is
2: the problem. All right, uh, it's time for this commercial break. Don't go away right for this. We're going to play Name That Theologian. You're listening to Table Talk Radio.
1: Table Talk Radio. You're laughing too, right?
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, Time for Name That Theologian. This is the game where we read a quote of theological nature and then the uh, other host of the show has to identify... Who the theologian is, and you usually get about three chances, three quotes to discern the theologian. Uh, Pastor, are you ready? I got, I got sure. a good one for you. All right, I'm ready. I got, I'm going to pay attention, actually. Oh, whoa, this is a first, ladies and gentlemen. Um, all whoa, right, I wanted right. to uh, just, um, in the interest of full disclosure, did you just say the word just?
0: I thought that word just is forbidden. I just wanna, you said? Oh goodness. That is not allowed. <laughs> I just wanna tell you. Uh,
2: in the interest of full disclosure, uh, I am taking out a little bit of a, uh, so he lists se- separate scriptures and I take some of them out because of, for the sake of time. Oh. Okay. And I might- I, Oh, I've, I got a huge hint already. I know it's a man. <laughs> <But> he... <laughs> I thought you meant because he's quoting scripture. Alright, here we go. <laughs> Ready. It is the voice of the gospel, the sweetest consolation to miserable sinners when Ezekiel says, I desire not the death of a sinner, but rather that he should be converted and live. Uh, and then he quotes Holy scriptures and it says, uh, and what is rather more than half the Holy Scripture, but mere promises of grace by which mercy, life, peace and salvation are offered by God to men. And what do the words of promise mean but this, I desire not the death of a sinner, is not his saying, I am merciful, the same as if he were to say, I am not angry, I am unwilling to punish, I desire not your death? My will is to pardon, my will is to spare. If those divine promises did not stand firm to raise up consciences tormented with the, with a sense of sin and terrified by fear of death and judgment, what place would there be for pardon and for hope? What sinner would not sink into despair. But as free will is not proved by any other, any of the other words of mercy or promise or comfort, so neither is it proved by this, I desire not the death of a sinner, etc. Hmm.
0: This is really interesting. Okay, so it's working with the text, and this, this particular theologian is working with the text in Ezekiel. Uh, talking about God's desire for salvation. I I can't put my finger on it at all so far. Okay, well, the second
2: quote is related to that same text. Are you ready? Mm -hmm. God does not say, I desire not the sin of man, but I desire not the death of a sinner, clearly indicating that he is speaking of the punishment of sin, of which the sinner is sensible by reason of his sin, that is, of the fear of death. He is is raising up and comforting the sinner as he lies under this torment and despair in order that he might not break the bruised reed and quench the smoking flax, but uh, but create for him a hope of pardon and salvation so that he might rather be converted, that is, by saving conversion from the penalty of death, and might live, that is, might be well and rejoice with an untroubled conscience."
0: Who in the world could this be? I mean, talking about an untroubled conscience, that makes me think that it's a Lutheran. This this distinction between the death of a sinner and man's sin is really interesting. The language, by the way, I know you like me to look at the language. The language sounds older, so like uh, maybe a little bit stiffer, like this is a translation. So someone not speaking native English and someone translated a while back. But I still, I can't, why, why can't I put my finger on the theology? I don't know if I'm just not listening. Maybe I need another cup of coffee or something. I cannot put my finger on the specific <laughs> theology that's happening here.
2: Huh. All right, do you have another quote? I do. Do you want it? Yeah. Okay. Last quote. Now, God in his own nature and majesty is to be left alone in this regard. We have nothing to do with him, nor does he wish to deal with... Uh, nor does he wish us to deal with him. We have to do with him as clothed and displayed in his word, by which he presents himself to us. That is, his glory and beauty, in which the psalmist proclaims him to be clothed, Psalm 21. I say that the the righteous God does not deplore the death of his people, which he himself works in them, but he deplores the death which he finds in his people and desires to remove from them. God preached works to the end that sin and death may be taken away and we may be saved. He sent his word and healed them, Psalm 107. But God hidden in majesty neither deplores nor takes away death, but works life and death. And all in all, nor has he set bounds to himself by his words, but he has kept himself free over all things.
0: Hmm. So God clothed uh, and displayed in His Word, but not sought after in His Majesty. That's the anti-Calvinist thing there. <laughs> I think this. I think this has to be a Lutheran. I mean, it's this is a. Um. Um. It, it, I mean, I. I don't think that, like the early Puritans, could have talked this way. Uh, no one modern would talk this way. Um. Uh, I mean this is like a, a Calvinist accidentally stumbling upon Lutheranism, but I think this has to be a Lutheran theologian. Then it's just a question of who. I, I don't think it's Luther just because of the cadence of the thing. That doesn't that sound funny to you, but I don't the way that the scriptures are brought in and out, it sounds more like um it sounds more like Johann Gerhardt, like sacred meditations, but it's a little more settled than that. So, uh, but I don't know these guys well enough to say, like, uh, Quinstadt or one of those, um, middle-aged, uh, Lutherans there. It's kind of the middle age of Lutheranism, the age of orthodoxy, one of those guys. I don't, it doesn't, it sounds too devotional to be a guy like Chemnitz. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I think I have to say, since this is what I think you would have in your library, Johann (laughs) Gerhardt. I'm sorry,
2: that is incorrect. How close was I? Um, no, you actually dug yourself a hole. You weren't close. I don't know. You're gonna be embarrassed. Yeah, yeah. This is Martin Luther. Yeah. Okay. It what what, in what bondage of the will? Uh. So here's responding to Erasmus on um, this Ezekiel passage where, uh, and I don't I don't have the edition that has Erasmus arguments in there, but. Um, from what I'm reading, I can derive that he was trying to take this line, um, God does not desire the death of a sinner, to say, well, if God does not desire the death of a sinner, then how is it that our will could be bound? Uh, in other words, uh, he's sending sinners to death, but yet you're saying that he does not desire the, the death of a sinner. And so Luther yeah. comes back to say that this line in Ezekiel, God does not desire the death of a sinner, is um, evidence of His mercy and grace. That these are these are wonderful promises of God that He He desires not sinners to be sent to death, um, but that but that uh, sinners find life and salvation and forgiveness in in the cross of Christ. And then Luther says, if you're going to say that there's free will, there is no promise there. Uh, you remove all the promises if you're going to say this is all about free will, uh, because sinners cannot escape uh, from death. So this was the reason that he said uh this is the second quote, I I desire not the death uh God does not say I desire not the death uh, sorry. God does not desire the sin of man, but I desire not the sin the death of a sinner. Uh so anyway he I desire the sin of desiring sinners <laughs> desire. <laughs> Easy for you to say. <laughs> um <laughs> uh, so he's drawing this distinction. Um between sin and death, that God's not desiring the death, but that death is brought by a man's sin. Yeah, see the difference?
0: No, that's right. I, yeah, I like it, and and uh, and that is really wonderful. I mean, and amazing, impressive, remarkable, magnificent, <laughs> uh, superb, and <laughs> thanks, stomping. Sean, with well, this uh, bondage of the will. It's really good. I am a little bit embarrassed. I didn't get that. I should. Oh, Bondi's Will is tough, though.
2: It yeah, is tough. tough. Um, I remember reading it in college, and I was just completely confused by it. I read it again in seminary, and it was still kind of a cloud. And now I'm kind of starting to work through it a little bit. So,
0: Yeah, good. It, it's a tough work. Yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's really um, it's really wonderful. Yeah. Well, hey, I had a Luther book for you to read, but I since you read Luther, I got someone different now. Okay. We have about a minute. So let's maybe get the first quote. I'll get you started. If being a Christian is something that makes you groan, you have almost certainly got it wrong. Burdens are for groaning under, and burdens are what Jesus is talking about in our gospel. If you have burdens, then it is to you that Jesus calls, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me. Yoke is a word used of the law. All right, that's your first quote. Hmm. Uh, excuse me.
2: Boy, okay, I'm, I'm gonna have to think on that during the break and then, uh, uh, we'll come back and, and, uh, hear another couple quotes. Uh, you're listening to Table Talk Radio, we're playing Name That Theologian and then after this we'll be playing Bumper Sticker Theology and Church Sign Theology. If you have a bumper sticker or a church sign that you would like us to, uh, talk about here on Table Talk Radio, you can give us a call. 1-800-385-SOLA, 1-800-385-SOLA. Or you can send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. Have you learned our phone number yet? I'm about sick of you not knowing our phone
0: number. No, I think our phone number is all all awe-inspiring, splendid, and great.
2: (laughs) Thanks, Sean. Uh, That's really nice. Um, Yeah, this is why it's it's splendid. This is why really? no one has made for you a Pastor Wolf Mueller soundboard, because they'd all just seem marvelous and et cetera, et cetera, and, and miserable. That's another That's one. Nasty. Hey, look at some synonyms for miserable. This is just miserable. <laughs> That's Table Talk Radio. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a synonym? All right. Uh, more Name That Theologian on Table Talk Radio after this commercial break. We'll be right back.
1: Budget alternative to staring at the wall. This is Table Talk Radio.
2: Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, in the middle, of playing, the ga- playing the game. Name Groovy. Name that theologian. <laughs> i know you're not talking about the show so what are you talking about
0: i'm talking about this quote here that i'm getting for you <laughs> uh i got more coming you ready
2: yeah so so far we've had this quote and he says that if uh if uh, being a christian is something that makes you groan you've uh you've got it all wrong um which i think uh i would agree with uh so the idea here is that um the sufferings that we encounter as a Christian are things that we sh- uh, we don't complain about. Uh, things that um, are given to us uh, by our Lord. So, uh,
0: let's let's hear the next quote. Sure, the burden of the law, Jesus had Himself shown the heaviness of the, of in those parts of the Sermon on the Mount uh, that make quite clear we cannot bear it no matter how hard we try, and only in the trying, only in laboring at it, do we know the heavy load a load we cannot bear. We cannot qualify for God's favor by our performance and keeping his commandments. We are sinners. Jesus bids us in these gospel words to come to him and bring our heavy load, give over all that laboring to justify ourselves, all that yoke of the law to him. He relieves us of all that. What we cannot bear, Jesus bears for us. He carries that yoke for us, fulfills the law for us. It's condemnation on our sin he bears for us. For on him is laid the burden of the iniquity of us all. The death for sin, Jesus dies in our place. The forsakenness of God, which is for our sin, he takes in our place. For he is the sin-bearer for us all, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world.
2: Hmm.
0: Yeah, that's good. This sounds like a contemporary
2: theologian. Um, I, I If we were playing the game contemporary or traditional, I think this would be contemporary after 1750. But I think this is even later. Um Definitely someone within the last hundred years, if not someone who is still living today. Um, Oh,
0: yeah. Is that what you think?
2: I do. Mm -hmm. And I think you're just trying to throw me because I'm on the hunch. Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm hot on the trail. So you're trying to throw me, which tells me I'm getting close. So let's hear this final quote. Okay.
0: Then Jesus gives us his yoke. It is a happy exchange. Jesus, I am your sin. You are my righteousness. Our yoke of sin he takes and bears for us, then gives us his yoke. What a yoke, though. Never such a yoke as this, really no yoke at all, as is shown by the paradox of its ops canceling out. Yoke, easy. Burden, light. What is light is no burden, and what is easy is no yoke. We know how this is from the cross. It's dread death for sin, forsakenness of God. That's ours. That is his. That is ours. Jesus gives his cross to us, and with it forgiveness, acceptance. God is our Father as surely as Jesus is his Son who exchanges yokes with us and the yoke that is ours from him is easy. The whole heart's ease and happy freedom of one of Christ's own is that it is easy that Jesus lays on us. It is how you feel when the heavy pack comes off and you take off your heavy boots and your feet can't believe the ease and lightness of walking. That is in the word light when Jesus says my burden is light. A word that has in it quick, nimble, capering as when we say of someone that they dance light of foot. That's our Jesus.
2: Ah, oh, that's really nice. Um, this is good. I like that little metaphor with the with the boots, you know, you got these heavy boots on. You ever been skiing, Pastor Wolf Miller? I have. You got these, you know, really heavy boots and you got to walk around with that little you know thing that that connects to the boots. It's really tough to walk around. And you get those puppies off and you're just like, you know, kicking high heels because uh, you're you're used to the those heavy things. I like that metaphor. Um boy, I'm having a hard time nailing down who this could be though. Um I wanna say that it would be someone like uh Matt Harrison or maybe one of the prices. Um, although I can't think of, of the work uh that it could be I mean this could be any this could be any anyone. Uh, again I, I really think it's later. It just doesn't have that flavor of, of a Of a Reformation theologian, but uh, it's definitely not you. It's too good for you. So it's not you. You're not reading from your book. It's not Um, me. I'll just say uh, President Matthew Harrison.
0: Ah, yeah, good guess. Wrong though. This is uh, Dr. Norman Nagel. Ah, uh, okay, good. Selected Sermons of Norman Nagel. Uh, yeah. This is from the 8th Sunday. Oh, this is from the 7th Sunday after Pentecost, Matthew 11, Holden Village, 1978.
2: Ah, that's wonderful. And I was right, though. Someone's still living. That, uh, Dr.
0: Nagel is True still True enough. With this Jesus, you can't predict, demand, force, or commandeer. The law can do that, but no law can hold captive the one who's gentle and lowly of heart. He is free. He has taken all that the old law could do to crush him. That yoke is not there for Jesus, and for us, for whom he has broke that yoke.
2: Someone gave me like a a, a four-CD set of just Nagel sermons, audio recorder from when he was at the seminary. Yeah. And and uh, I just, you know, sit there and I'm like, whoa. Uh, I I mean, it's, first of all, you know, he's preaching to seminarians, so uh so it's 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 pretty intense anyway. Then it's Norman Nagel, so it's uh even more intense. Um but fantastic, fantastic preacher. Very good. Well, thank you uh for that. Uh how many points do I get? Um You don't get any points. I got really at least, right. at least I didn't say, well, it's not Luther, and then it was Luther. <laughs> All right, that'd be two points. <laughs> Thanks. Two points. All right. Now let's play church sign theology and bumper sticker theology. Oh yeah. Uh, we, uh, as your servants, uh, analyze the praise songs, or excuse me, praise songs. We analyze the uh, bumper stickers and church signs uh, for you to help help kind of. Wrap your hands around some of these uh church signs and, and bumper stickers. If you see one that you want us to talk about, you can give us a call 1-800-385-SOLA or email us questions at org. Pastor, are you ready for the first church sign or bumper sticker?
0: Yes, I'm ready. There's a church in the uh, middle of Iowa that says, uh, Don't Let the Fall Catch You. Details inside. I don't know what to do with that, whether it's theological or
1: loco. <laughs> Bye-bye.
2: So don't let the fall catch you, details inside.
0: Yeah. So, um, I'm going to presume that the fall is the fall into sin, although I guess it could be fall like autumn. Don't mm. let the autumn catch you unawares. I don't have any idea why that would be a church sign. <sighs> so let's say it's the fall into sin. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is No interesting. trouble with my throat here. Yeah, so th- don't that, let the, so it's, button like comes in really is handy chi- for that. This one here is this the one the button oh, right there? Yeah, is that that would, the, that would be good. So the, like when you when you cough, okay.
2: you could just push that and no one would know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I
0: was looking for the button to mute you, but apparently only
2: <laughs> I only have that, you have that Now,
0: so don't let the fall catch you. The, uh, the so it's almost like the fall into sin is trying to track you down, and you gotta outrun it. Um Interesting. Right? That's yeah. the idea here. Yeah,
2: right? and I, I think you're right. But uh, the the uh, theology that backs that is, is awful. As if one could outrun the fall.
0: Right. Just so happens you start out falling. <laughs> That's how <laughs> things get rolling. Yeah. Uh, so that, that Which is why we need uh, someone called a savior. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the flesh thinks that we... I mean, this is the big problem. People say, well, how come everyone's not a Christian? Because... To be a Christian, our flesh has to finally admit that it needs someone to save them. Uh, I mean, that kind of thing is tough. So, Yeah, you ready for another one? Yeah, sure.
3: Church sign. Faith is a journey, not a guilt trip.
0: (laughs) Faith is a journey. Not, not a, guilt, a trip. guilt trip. So this is attacking that's those, the word, those trip there.
2: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um this is attacking those who would go to church or the churches where people go to church and they hear a sermon that would like condemn them for their sin. Like, well that's not what faith is about. This is not about giving someone a guilt trip. This is this is about the journey, you know. And and this idea of faith as a journey that it's some sort of a process. Um it, you
0: know, yet that's the question who's working in this? faith journey yeah yeah i just like a i'd like a bible verse on that faith as a journey thing because i you know the bible does actually talk about what faith is uh you know the assurance of things hoped for the confidence of things not seen etc trusting in the promise of god uh, relying on his mercy believing that his word is true that's what faith is but yeah, I don't so they, you know a this journey, journey. <laughs> so, yeah. and that, too. Oh, yeah. That too. <laughs> I don't know this this whole journey talk. Everyone likes the journey talk like we're the medicine man shammies. And, uh, you know, it, what what journey means is um, it means you're not always going to get it right. Now, in some sense, that's fine. I mean, uh, you're not always going to get it right. And and uh, you're going to learn things as you go, etc. I mean, we all are putting up with you as baby pastor and. And you'll be a grown-up pastor someday, Evan. And <laughs> you're on a pastoral journey, I guess so. But you, but it doesn't see, see the pr- problem is you can't just use a different metaphor to get rid of sin. So oh well, I, you know I made a mistake or whatever. But I'm on the journey. It's not the, you know, the destination doesn't matter. It's all about the trip. Or you know, it, you, no, you can't, you can't undo the condemnation of the law by just saying. Hey, we're on a journey,
2: right? That's I what think, I think about that. I think you're right about uh, you diagnosing this here because uh, this whole idea of because um, because you know it's putting faith as a journey on one end and then guilt trips on the other. So that those who would actually say you're wrong for this or that sin, well, you don't you don't understand about the journey. You, you don't understand that, that I'm going to make mistakes and and I'm going to learn from my mistakes. That's the big thing: learning from your mistakes so you can better oneself. Um and that's uh not what faith is. So right. we'll be right back with more uh bumper stickers and church signs right for this. You're listening to Table the one and only Lutheran theological radio show coexist, Table Talk Radio. With with the hearts, do the bumper stickers on your car, say a lot. A lot about who you are, or who you none. Do the bumper stickers
1: on your call, say a People Talk Radio: The Low Calorie Lutheran Radio Game Show
2: Back to Table Talk Radio. If you're Fantastic acknowledging to
3: be with everything you. wrong with <laughs> you, your faith is not going to be effective.
1: <laughs> I didn't Are, even know
0: that. <laughs> I'm so, so glad to learn all these things from Joel. I know it.
2: Uh, he has a much better Texas accent than you. Just yeah,
0: that say that again. Uh, hold on. A minute, hold on a if you're acknowledging everything that's wrong with you, your faith is not going to be effective. Is that if good? You're Isn't that about the same?
3: everything wrong with Anything you, wrong your faith you. is not
0: your going to be effective. Not be effective. <laughs> that's just
2: about the same.
3: This is my yeah. Bible. I am what it says okay, I am. Okay,
2: we're not going to listen to the whole thing. Okay, uh, back to church sign theology. By the way, stay tuned after the uh, theme, the closing theme music because you get to hear the uh, Joel Osteen interview, uh, the, the Joel Osteen interview 2.0 uh, here on Table Talk Radio. So stay tuned for that. Most people close. Most people don't make it to the fourth segment anyway. But uh, if they do, they get to the closing theme, they shut down. Uh, so hang in there. You know, hang in past the theme music this time. And they can hear the yep. Joel Ossie interview. All right, I have this interview. We're playing uh, Bumper Sticker Theology and Church Sign Theology. The email says Hey, Table Talk Radio guys, my name is Robin from Enterprise Alabama and I am trying desperately to catch up on all of your Table Talk radio shows via podcast. I am on number 67. Desperate is the word right. (laughs)
0: 67,
2: that was the the golden age of Table Talk radio. I have a ways to go. Anyway, I wanted to write y'all concerning two signs that I saw today and wanted to get your take. The first said, if your vision doesn't cost you anything, it is only a dream. And the other one says something what? like,
0: "Hold on, hold on, hold okay, one at a time." Okay. If your vision, if your vision doesn't cost you anything, it's it's your dream. It is only a dream.
2: So, in other words, this church sign is trying to say that uh, there's visions, something you know, this vision casting thing. I think we were talking on issues, etc., one time about that. And then a dream, just it. some just some sort of a pipe dream that you kind of dream up, and it's no big deal. It's gone in the morning. But a vision, you know, you have to. You know, make this vision. So the idea is, if if something's really a vision, then you're gonna you're gonna pay the price for it. You're gonna you're gonna lay yourself on the line for it. Mm. That's what I get from it. Is that what you're what you think? Mm. Yeah. That's what I think. It's weird though, huh? Yes. Uh. Okay. You wanna go to the next one? <laughs> yeah. Next one. The other one said something like, "This is even worse." The other one <laughs> said something like. Transformation doesn't come by being something you never were, but becoming better than you already
0: are. What in the world? <laughs> this, this, these church signs have to be like on a in a school zone where you have to be driving 15 miles an hour to get by them. It's like what the. So next time I'm gonna go out and put like a paragraph of Kant out on the church sign. Just put just
2: put the degree article rhetoric four. to understand it.
0: I know. So say that again. I can't. This is... uh, Transformation... (laughs) Okay, so say it again.
2: Transformation doesn't come by being something you never were, but becoming better than you already are.
0: What in the world? Okay. So it's not changing, but improving. That's what it... Transformation is not change, it's improvement. It's not different is better, it's more is better. Right. That's how we with the Wolfmuller Matrix would say it. You don't have to be different, you have to be better. I so well so uh, uh well you know the bad the malicious thing about this church sign is that it undercuts uh it undercuts repentance. You have to become altogether different than you are. That's what that's a I think that there that right there is a quote from Luther uh in his commentary to Galatians. We have to become altogether different. I which think is it's, true. I mean that's what faith does. <laughs> well, at least at least you can get your own Luther quotes.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Alright, the email concludes. Just wanted to uh get your take on those because they sure disturb me. I really enjoy your program and wanted to let you know that it is encouraging um, as this non-Lutheran is exploring the great confessional Lutheran faith. Thank you, Robin, in Enterprise, Alabama. That's right.
0: And if you're enjoying the show, then just stop at about episode 78. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Don't listen past 78.
0: It's all downhill from there. All right. She'll yeah. never, she won't even get this warning, though, Yes. Yeah, until episode 2000 or She's whatever like, we're it's on. It's too
2: late. <laughs> I, I listened too long. I, I went too far. <laughs>
0: yeah. I left the toast in the toaster too long.
2: All right. Here's another one.
0: All right. I have a church sign for you. This is Will from New Jersey. Um, it says, "Spiritual maturity: colon producing more than you consume." Thank you. Spiritual maturity: producing more than you consume. So it says. I
2: think so. Yeah. Hmm.
0: I wonder there's got to be an equivalent. Someone I mean whoever the church sign guy at this church must have um been reading some sort of self-help book and it was talking about maturity for some reason and 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 so and it's talking about being a producer rather than a consumer. The problem is problem is in when we're Christians um uh, maturity is actually becoming more childlike. And the child is the consumer. I mean, the child is the thing that is there to be given unto. And that's exactly how Jesus would have us. He's, he, he is exalted in his serving us. So, um, so it could be true that we want to serve others more than we ourselves are served, but it just so happens that sometimes in this life, that's impossible. You have to be the re- recipient rather than the giver. But always, that's true spiritually. Always spiritually, we 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 are, are we we Christians are marked by being on the getting end of God's gifts. That's what it means to be a Christian. So that Jesus, when he commends us as Christians, he says that sheep hear the voice. I mean, we are we are the ones who hear the Lord's word, uh, who receive His gifts. I yeah. think that's so. I think this sign is a. I mean. Of course, every church sign is almost of necessity a confusion of law and gospel. But I think this one that's how this one does it. That's a a requirement to to be a church sign
2: is that they confuse law and gospel. Uh, Okay, here's another one uh, from uh, Andy. He says, I couldn't help but laugh when I saw this combination of bumper stickers. I had no idea what it all means. So maybe you guys can make sense of it. On the bumper... We're here for you, Andy. On the bumper, what would Jesus bomb... And in the window, over a pair of pink boxing gloves, fight like a girl. (laughs) For what it's worth, there is also a I heart my dog sticker on the gas tank.
0: (laughs) Thanks, Andy. (laughs) I heart my dog. I'm not sure if that's helpful or not. No, I don't think so. I wonder what the context of the gas cap does for a bumper sticker like that. I mean, as opposed to putting it on the back window or on the actual bumper. Yeah,
2: I, I don't know. know. I, I guess I don't know the answer. You know, to that. in Oregon, uh, we, since we don't have to, you know, we have service stations instead of gas stations. You know, we have attendants that fill up. You would, yeah, that'd be like a perfect place to, you know, give a message to the the gas attendant. He's gonna see that when he opens
0: the door. You know, he, he can <laughs> hardly I avoid sticker it. Says, Want a tip? Wear galoshes in the rain. <laughs> <laughs> That'll get you good service. So what?
2: Uh, what would <laughs> Jesus bomb? I don't know.
0: I think that's, you know what I think that bumper sticker is? I think that uh, bumper sticker is against uh, 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 Reconstructionism. So, you know, the theology, that should be a buzzword probably. And then I would have to look up what it actually means. But I think it means this idea that you want to set up a Christian government, which is impossible. I mean, there is no such thing as a Christian worldly government because governments are by their nature uh left-hand kingdom stuff uh, uh, where god exercises his power yeah Uh, while the church is the right hand where he governs only by his word so the church does not possess the power of the sword so i think this is a swipe against the idea that hey we're christians and so that means gives us the moral authority to go and blow things up no we don't blow things up as christians we only blow things up as americans yeah, can you imagine
2: uh, a government ruled, um, ruled by the gospel, so that uh, you know you, you're standing there in the courtroom, and the Decalogue's right there on the wall, and then uh, the judge says you're guilty, but you're forgiven. Yeah. And all of a sudden, these these criminals—I'll tell you—the
0: last thing you would want to be in a in a culture where the government was the gospel is the son of a judge. <laughs> <laughs> all right, five hundred points you're, you're guilty, points but my son's
2: going to jail. What did you? Oh, you used the Decalogue. All right, that was pretty slick. Thank you. All right, one more here. Uh Here's the last one.
3: Hi, guys. Got one for you. This is Joe in Richland, Washington. Um, two bumper stickers side by side. One of them says
0: religion. No different than the Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, and, oh, I can't tell what the, the other thing is. I think it's like a leprechaun or
3: whatnot. Anyways, but then on the driver's side, it, it, there's a sticker that says
0: uh Reiki Master. I'm confused. Alright, well I'll let you guys figure it out. You're the pros. Bye bye. Okay. You're the pros. What uh, What is a uh, Reiki Master? I have no idea.
2: <laughs> we're, so we're not the pros. <laughs> Don't worry, I got to Google here. Alright, you got me.
0: 23 seconds to Google that. Sounds so. like some sort of, uh, it sounds like some sort of, um, uh, oh, inner, oh yes, okay, energy therapy. Um, homeopathic homeopathy. Uh, yeah, that, so the, uh, Japanese, traditional Japanese re, 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 This sounds like uh, some sort of homeopathic sort of kind of thing. Here with the chakras and all that kind of stuff.
2: Right, so, so, so yeah. religion, that's ridiculous like Santa Claus, but Reiki Master. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah, no that's problem. What that's what it's Just all about. To, you define If you define religion as everything ridiculous, then you don't have any contradictions. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure... That means this show is
2: religious. You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. <laughs> no, no, we're
0: not a religion. We're a relationship.
2: Oh, that's right. That's right. All right. Thanks and for listening it's to this edition of Table Talk Radio, where the
0: points are like your Reiki master theology.
2: <laughs> Stay
1: tuned You've for ta- been Jolo listening Steve. to Table Talk Radio. The views oh, yeah, expressed on this show actually. are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. <laughs> we would like your feedback on today's show. Call us toll free, 1-800-385-SOLA. That's one 800 sola Or send us an email, questions at tabletalkradio.org. You can listen again to this show or any of our past shows on our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time through Table Talk Radio.
2: Well, we are happy to have you, Joel. Joel Osteen is the pastor of the uh, Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas, and author of uh, several books, Your Best Life Now. What are your other books there, Joel? You're a winner.
3: (laughs) God knows how to
2: use cracked
3: pots.
2: (laughs) Uh, What advice would you have uh, for... Pastor Brian Wolfman he's the pastor of that little church there in Aurora Colorado, one of jesus right hand men <laughs> <laughs> um i don't I don't really know the numbers, but i I imagine in the six seven years he's been there uh, hasn't shown much growth at least not the kind of growth we would expect from you know from a church of your stature so what advice would you give a Pastor Brian Wolfmeeller
3: one of the worst mistakes we could make is to go through life being against ourselves you would think God would use somebody more polished. (laughs) Quit taking inventory of everything you don't like about yourself. Quit beating yourself up. Don't go around feeling bad about yourself. Don't let that weakness be an excuse to settle where you are. You've got to cheer up first, then things will change in your favor. (laughs) You talk like that, and Almighty God will show up.
2: What, Joel, would you say is man's fundamental problem?
3: One of the worst mistakes we could make is to go through life being against ourselves. Quit overanalyzing your faults. Sure, you may have areas you need to improve in. We all do. That's not going to help you improve. That's just going to drag you down and cause you to do worse. (laughs) The
2: scripture says, you've
3: got what it takes. The scripture says, you're going to make it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, now, tell us then why, when we read in the Gospels, uh, what we find the Son of God incarnate, Jesus Christ, bound in him to do is to get to that cross. Why is it, when we read Holy Scripture, God's holy word for us, we see God's Son bloody and gory on a cross? Uh, why is that if, if man really doesn't have a fundamental problem?
3: Who are you? You're a fool. You're a coward. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today I will be taught the word of God. I boldly confess, my mind is alert, my heart is receptive. I will never be the same in Jesus name. God bless you.
2: Okay, uh here's a question for you. Uh we uh, sometimes in theology, uh, theology by the way is the study of 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 scripture and and a uh, view of God. <laughs>
3: That's not going to help you improve. That's just going to drag you down and cause you to do worse.
2: (laughs) Uh, We talk about sometimes a material principle and a formal principle. A formal principle is where we get theology, and a material principle is the center of one's theology. So, for example, I am a a Lutheran pastor.
3: God bless you. That doesn't disqualify you from doing something great.
2: (laughs) Amen. Uh, right. Uh, Our formal principle is uh, that our our source of truth, infallible source of truth, is uh, Scripture alone. And our material principle is that of justification, uh, that we uh, are justified before God, not on account of our works, but on the account of Christ, by faith alone. What would you say is your material principle?
3: You have to give yourself permission to have some flaws. I like myself. I like my looks. I like my personality. I'm happy with who I am. Amen.
2: Uh, right. Are you a fan of Saturday Night Live? That was good. All right. I just want to, because there's there's this uh, old Saturday Night Live skit where a guy talks about, you know, mean. Well, Joel, that's kind of far out. Okay, my, uh, just, just a couple minutes left here, Joel, and thank you for being so gracious with your time.
3: I want to go have dinner with you today. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, what is the fundamental fundamental difference between a uh, christian and and someone else so for example you say you have two people one's a christian and, and one's a muslim both smile a lot both are very positive uh both both put away their negativity but what uh separates the christian from uh the muslim in that example
3: think about it if jonah that well would have spit him out into the ocean he could have drowned <laughs> The scripture says, the spirit of faith is in our
0: words.
2: (laughs) Amen. All right, Joel, real quick, uh, before we let you go, uh, do you have a special Advent series you're doing right now?
3: I wouldn't know what to say. I really feel bad that I don't measure up. I come from a dysfunctional family. I've just got a bunch of dimples. I know what you can become. If you're acknowledging everything wrong with you, your faith is not going to be effective. Put on the breastplate of God's approval. All right, that's all the time we have. Thank you, Joel Osteen. God bless you.